0: and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com.
1: Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice. Dark Dice
0: I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from emotional empyreans to elven eyes. And today, we're talking about the Fey. Prepare yourselves. <laughs> Good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, Brian, so uh, today we are covering uh, kind of a complex topic, or at least I find it to be complex, mostly because I'm fascinated with Faye, so I get really in-depth about like how my Faye work, and I'm always reading up on Faye. And uh, you've had some experiences with the Fae. We've talked a little bit about that in our Fae Wild episode.
0: Yes, and this episode is not to be confused with that episode. This episode is about a much more broad topic, which is yes. the over-encompassing uh, experience that is the Fae, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. We're, we're not talking about the place this time. We're talking right. about the things that live in that place. Right, okay. Uh, and how they work and role-playing them. We're going to talk about it from like uh, a monster aspect. Uh, This is going to be a monster mythos uh, episode. We're also going to talk about this from like expanding outside of like the the lore that D and D provides, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're also going to talk about um, uh, like almost the player kind of end of this. I guess like if you're, there are some races that are Fey ancestry, so these are some things you might want to consider if you're role playing this. Also, there's the Warlock, which can actually have a really close connection with the Fey. Yes, so understanding the Fey might help a lot. Very uh, very interesting tie-ins
0: with the warlock. Um, let's, for the viewer, talk about exactly... Let's give it a broad overview of what the
2: fae is. Can you give that to me? Okay, so fae, or fae creatures, uh, or fairies, depending on how you want to refer to them, they're based off old Celtic uh, folklore, or old uh, a real mixture, actually, of European folklore. Yeah. Um, it originates from old Irish and Scottish, and I guess even English like mythology, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of covers... like the spiritual and the supernatural and the metaphysical explanations that they had back then. This is pre-Christianity, by the way. Um, Now I've found that as time kind of went on in history, more and more things started being added to the repertoire of, the fae. What started off right, is just okay. fairies, which are nothing like what we think of fairies today. They weren't like small little pixies. They were like almost like ghosts. Yeah, little demons, as I understand it. They, um, would, uh, they, shoot, could be, they yeah. would
0: shoot you, right? I think we talked about that in that was uh, more another like episode. Elves, yeah. Which,
2: again, elves are in in origin. And elves eventually were kind of added to this... Uh, general european folklore of okay the fae. so you're right in that regard, but um original fairies were just kind of like there was a mixture between mischief makers and evil entities, and they usually were basically of nature. And um, again, as time went on, Germanic things like elves kind of got added to the mix and goblins and ogres actually kind of got added to the mix and basically anything that wasn't Christian really got added to the mix. I For mean, sure. Even as far as like Greek things like satyrs and centaurs and yes, those uh, dryads are... and nymphs, those are Greek mythological creatures, but they got added to this general thing. that is got like, yeah, into Hashtag Fay bullshit. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And somehow though, it all fits. And I, it's very cohesive and it's a really wonderful and a scary place. Really. Well, uh, yeah. using the word cohesive loosely, right? Because this is a this is a very uh, chaotic uh, style. It's true. Yeah. Uh, area. You're absolutely right. So I did some reading on a lot of this old European folklore, um, and most of it actually isn't so much about the things which are fae, but about warding them off because yeah, they're a pain in the ass. You don't want to fuck with that stuff. And uh, it's actually interesting uh, some of the weaknesses that fae have and they don't really have these weaknesses in like vanilla D&D mechanics but like these are things i would consider as a dm like kind of adding to the to the mix to make it which is, you know, i think more is really good
0: you, do i want to incorporate like this uh this uh i mean by D&D standards it would be extra right like yeah. what what you would add into um to make it like have your own spin or this original lore yeah and I,
2: and i would highly recommend this not just because like it makes it better but like um, the monster manual has very few Fey creatures. Like it's interesting. Yeah, there's only like six or seven of the ding things.
0: The ones that are in there are really pretty looking.
2: Oh yeah, and Fey. That's the thing about Fey is the Fey tend to be beautiful but dangerous. Yeah, um, so. I think
0: uh, we were talking with our buddy Jake about the the way a uh, a shell has that like rainbow fluorescent like hues yeah. in it like yeah, that yeah. and uh there, i think there's a little like dragon in there like oh, a the fairy, fairy dragon, dragon. yeah yes, yes. and it kind of has that going on in its it little wings it yeah, does super and cool. here's
2: the thing again what i was saying about there being very few fey creatures is the fey dragon or the fairy dragon is categorized under the dragon category i feel like oh. it should be like a dual categorization it should be does that live in the fae? Yes. Yeah, okay. That's cool. where fairy dragons are from. They're from the Feywild. So why doesn't have the Fey tagline? Well, because in fifth edition they don't double up on origins. It's just you have one origin. I see. And okay. I mean, in all honesty, we already have the pseudo dragon taking place of the tiny dragon. So why not mm-hmm. have the fey, fairy dragon be in the Fey? But yeah. whatever. So, it so, is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. So. Some of the weaknesses that the fae have, the traditional weaknesses, are iron is is probably the most prominent one. Okay. Um, or cold iron um, sometimes. And what that means can vary. Like, either it was cold forged or it's just iron that isn't hot. Is that like putting silver bullets in your gun to kill a werewolf? It's very similar to, like, the weakness of silver thing. So, um, you want, like, an iron blade. Yeah, you want, like, an iron blade. Honestly, any iron. It could be iron, uh, so, like, so hammer. So, it's n- going you don't to necessarily... Burn them. It's oh. going to... To make them feel
0: pain and misery. So cont- y- yeah. you will have to make contact.
2: Yes. Yes, usually. Now in... I'm sure there's some fear in, element. Like, look at my iron. Right. Fuck you. Yeah, there is. <laughs> well, I've seen things... Okay, so in Patrick Rothfuss's Kingkiller Chronicles, there is a form of magic called naming. Which I'm not going to get into like the nitty gritty of. But like basically, if you know the true name of something. Mm-hmm. And true names are important in, in fae lore. Um, You have power over it. Cool. And there is a really cool concept. Yeah, it is. And uh, there's a character who knows the name of Iron. And he comes into contact with a fake person. And he freaks out because he's never seen one. He immediately instinctively calls the name of Iron. And even though the iron doesn't touch him, it still hurts. It like the iron, like, begins to like ring and let off this noise. And Uh, it hurts this character. Cause it's so, having some kind of physical impact on,
0: yes, on the environment. So when you say knows the name of iron, is the name iron or is there a different name? That's like a secret.
2: It has to do with like, uh, basically in the name of the, wind. sorry, I know you said you weren't going to get yeah, into yeah, it, but in the I'm the name very of curious. The wind, uh, there is what your waking mind and your sleeping mind and your waking mind is like you, your normal self. Yeah. But everyone has a sleeping mind that is much wiser and knows more things and knows your, your subconscious
0: or your like wisdom or yeah. tie in
2: or whatever. So when you hear the name of something, um, Um, Your waking mind can't understand it. So if someone calls the name of iron, you will hear iron. Like that's what you'll hear them say, but that's not what they actually said. Ah, let's move away from this because. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, so iron, why is iron a weakness for Fae? Um, I've seen I've seen some different reasonings, but I think the most prominent reasoning and the one I agree with the most is iron represents. Represents uh, that which is unnatural. It represents the constructed, it represents civilization. Uh-huh. And since the Fae are such a strong representation of nature, they are naturally weak to iron. Okay. Um, why iron and not steel? I don't know. But hmm. it's, it's I've always thought it was really cool. Um, also because like as common as iron is, uh, a lot of your players aren't going to really be carrying iron on them because most weapons are not going to be made of iron. They're going to be made of steel. Right. And steel does not work. I mean... Mm. It will still hurt them, but it's not the way I am. Yeah, would. you
0: still have a fucking sword.
2: Yeah. Another, an- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, weakness that uh, I've seen very commonly is fire, and not just any fire. It usually has to be some sort of pure fire or fire burned off of a certain wood, usually rowan wood. Why rowan wood? I'm not sure. I think it's because that was a common tree in in. Um, the area in Ireland and in, in Scotland. I don't know if that's, that's a fact, but I've noticed that it, a lot of uh, the weaknesses for the Fae are very mundane things, very common things. Yeah, I, I'm
0: seeing some parallels here with like fighting off demons and shit. Like, true. I need garlic to like ward off this vampire. Yes, or and I need holly.
2: Like, holly is something that wards off Fae as well. Holly, oh, sick. Rowan, uh, certain herbs. Um which I in all my readings I couldn't find like what herbs. You just said some herbs. So I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> fucking specific. Better go get some herbs. <laughs> get that oregano. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh so iron, which is common. Iron's the most common metal, it's gonna be found anywhere. Fire, that's something that mankind has had mastery over for eons. Um yeah, basic, and, uh, basic ge- the common. general
0: uh the general weapon against uh the forest is like <laughs> setting it on yeah. fire. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's
2: yeah. <laughs> That's according to Smokey, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, uh, some herbs which are common and uh, types of wood that are common to the area. Now, the reason that I think these things being common is so important is because the Fae are often fascinated by that which we find mundane, much the way that uh, the, the people from the mortal world are very fascinated with the fae and how fantastic it is okay to them the fantastic is normal so that which is normal is fantastic i see so so these, going to the grocery
0: store is fucking dope
2: yeah they're probably they're probably like they don't get it they don't Shit, understand money what? yeah they're like huh why you guys are so silly like i don't get it that's how fae would look at that and that's why i think it's it's very fitting that it's these very common mundane things that are their greatest weakness cool but okay. yeah so that's interesting so let's talk about like what what are fae um because we're going to talk about arch fae but right. let's talk about not arch fae first so like elves are considered fae gnomes, uh, satyrs, dryads, nymphs of any kind, treants are usually fey. And and you mean like descendant of fey? Or Meaning like- they, these are things that uh, live in the fey, they have a fey origin of some type, and they usually have some, at least a little bit of a fey mentality, which we're going to talk about fey mentality. Because right. it, it, fey mentality, along with ev- a lot of other mentalities in Dungeons & Dragons, is truly alien. It is not human. Yeah, it does it- not... In any way, um, represent or uh, it has ze- almost zero common ground with with humanity. You gotta throw away mentality. what you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. If you're- I, the way a dragon thinks is way closer to the way humans think than like the way a arch faith. Yeah. Okay. And um, it's not just the faith that has this alien morality um uh, demons and devils have alien morality uh things from the far realm have an alien morality yeah the beholder it's fucking yeah, it's it, fucking insane exactly it's it it, it thinks on a different think, level yeah you would think it's insane, same but it, it. it's not insane that's just the way it is right so uh so that's what i mean when i'm talking about fey creatures cool
0: okay. um
2: other things that are fey um let's see will wisps that's another fey oh nice um Although they're they're uh, categorized in the Monster Manual as undead, they're supposed to be undead and fae at the same time. Nice um, owl bears? No, they're they're not. Believe it or not, uh, they're not. I fay. just I'm
0: recalling a game, the the game uh, that I was playing with you where uh-huh. you were DMing, and oh, I think we ran into in an owlbear. Yeah, you did, but you it was did. just possessed by Faye.
2: It was it was it was being fucked with by a fae yeah. Oh, okay yeah. By an not, invisible little fae. They're not possessed. Now, That's what it was. I'm- those those things I kind of like based on brownies but I kind of made them undead and brownies are like a different form of fairy. Okay. Um I believe brownies are the kind of fairy that tend to ride foxes and like just be little wee people that live in the brush. That sounds fucking cool. Yeah, they're <laughs> super cool. Um and they're if you if you want a really cool um Fae folk that are kind of like what you experienced in that game, which was like Fox riding wee people. Um, Dennis L. McKiernan, who I don't know if he's still writing anymore. He's very old. He's probably in his 80s now. Okay. He's a very Tolkien-esque style of fantasy, and uh, he has a lot of Fae-inspired stuff that's like that. It's really Interesting. cool. Um, for other Fae readings, I would check out Jim Bircher's Dressed in Files. That's probably some, some of the most prolific modern fantasy on Fae. And then Patrick Rothfuss's Kingkiller Chronicles.
0: Are there communities like like that in the Fae in the often. Like, if we're going to have uh, elves that live in the Fae, yeah. they're going to probably pull up together. Yeah, they're, they're gonna there's villages,
2: there's civilizations a lot of time. Not okay. as, obviously, not the same as in the mortal realm, but yeah, they do exist. Um, another thing in the Fae is, on top of all, like, the monsters and the various, like, humanoids and whatnot, um, animals usually are sentient. Like, oh. usually, not all the time, but sometimes they are. Like, and you could speak to them? as Yes, as common as they're not, much like Narnia where they, nice. they can okay. just talk. And a lot of times the plants can just talk. That's a, that's a good, good thing to bring place.
0: out. N- is Narnia like the fae? Like if if Narnia
2: you're... definitely draws a lot of inspiration from the fae. And I feel um, like
0: it's a good tie-in for somebody. If you're if you're inexperienced with the Fey wild, that might be... Uh, I mean, I read Narnia in school. I don't know if kids are still doing that, but um, I feel like a lot of people know so. what Narnia is. Yeah, so.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's some of the most uh, commonly read stuff is children. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, let's we're we're going to slowly slide into into fae mentality. And part of why fae mentality is what it is is because of just of just because of the nature of the place that they live. Like the fae wild is a place where science and logic simply fail. They are just incorrect. And it, the fae wild is a place where the make-believe and fluff is what is actually real. Okay. And like it a lot of times, Fey creatures will prize objects of sentimental value way higher than like anything that is like of like monetary value. Yeah. Like, so if
0: you were carrying a, a precious heirloom with you mm-hmm. and you want to strike a bribe
2: with somebody, mm-hmm. there that object that's a value. to them has power. Ooh. It, it it means something, and that and like and not just like you know like the power of love, but like it's it's literally like. When it's in the Feywild, like that power means something, and it is something, and it will have a physical representation, even if you don't understand how to ever bring that about, it it's it's there.
0: The Fey will, the creatures of the Fey will know exactly. Most
2: exactly. Um, and, like oh, I
0: got homeboy's grandmother's heirloom. Fuck yeah, you. Right. Die.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, and that's another thing too is there's like weird rules to to all this stuff, and it just varies from Fey to Fey and from place to place. Well, I remember the time dilation. Yes, that is How does that, that affect
0: creatures that live there all the time?
2: It just doesn't, like they just live they time flows normal for them. So it's more of like an entrance exit thing. Yeah, it's it's just like time here and here are flowing differently. Right, okay. And from like f- what makes the most sense to me is that time here just flows differently, like uh, at different times. Like it fluctuates, sometimes right. it's going fast, sometimes it's going slow. I think um it is likely that in the long run it evens out maybe, but I don't, I don't know. This yeah. There's sad. Um, this is really say, uh, as a Stephen King fan, there's a lot of
0: that going on in dark tower where right. like the, the worlds that run along side by side, one will run faster and will not slow down. Right. So yeah, there's a lot, lot of weird, uh, a lot of weird time, time concepts in that.
2: Yeah. And I think that's common. Um, so kind of more on this, like the, the, the fluff is real. Like, also like just the, the way they think too okay so here's an example if you were to be in the fae and have a really cool pixie friend and you're feeling depressed and the pixie finds out you're depressed the pixie might present you uh, with a peach and if you were to ask it why the peach the fairy would say well because the peach is full of sunlight and if you ask it what it meant well it would say well look at its color Like it's the color of the setting sun because it wants to be so much like the sun and sunlight brings happiness. So if you eat this peach, you'll be happy. Like that's the type of mentality. Like none of that really made sense, but it kind of does, but not really. Like, you know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? Well, I'm on a lot of acid. So here's this fruit. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. So, so that's like. That's the world that they live in, where it's Sweet. like these fantastical okay. things just are real well, to them. I,
0: I would say if I was feeling depressed and a flying pixie came up to me and gave me a peach, I'd be, I'd, be I mean, feeling, I'd eat it. Yeah, I'd feel <laughs> probably feel better. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, it would well, be cool. pretty
0: cool. But I, I get what you're saying. The mentality yeah. is like, here's how I would cheer you up when, like, in the real world, it's not so simple always. And maybe yeah, that, would exactly. have, th- that would have, that uh, would have weight in, in reality from fey to fey. Not necessarily if a player wanders into the Fae and a beastie goes. Here's I would agree peach. With that. Yeah, it might not necessarily make you feel better mm-hmm. in the way it would another fake creature.
2: I I agree with that, but I could also see it going the other way, where like in your mind you think like, well, that's not going to work, but then you eat the beach and next thing you know, you know what? I do feel better. Ooh, how weird, right? Like, well, yeah, the, the, it could go either way. It's really up to the DM at that point, and I think both ways are very cool. So it's it's really up to you. Okay. Um, let's talk about like the the nature of the behavior of fey creatures and like this doesn't really apply to elves as much as it applies to pretty much any other fey because elves are they have fey ancestry but they're really removed from this like fey mentality yeah
0: they're more of a material plane type of race yeah
2: absolutely but generally speaking fey creatures from centaurs and satyrs and dryads to all the way up to arch fey there are certain things that like generally speaking they're they value or they're about like um uh they they often have the inability to lie or they simply choose not to lie because that's not in their nature okay but they are very tricky with their words and they will do what it takes to make you believe in a lie they're trying to tell you without telling you any lies like a monkey's paw sort of
0: situation
2: yes. like let me grant your greatest desire but mm. i'll also
0: steal all your money very
2: much so which also brings me to the next point is a lot of fey are deal makers and mm-hmm. usually, uh, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of the time, whatever deal you make with them, you are on the wrong side of that deal, <laughs> my friend.
0: And they've worded it in such a way where you do not believe that exactly. Which of, why would you say yes otherwise?
2: Exactly. And and here's the thing: like this is where it can become very hard for a DM to role play because it's hard to be that fucking clever. Yeah, well, you gotta be minded. you gotta be this uh, alien mentality. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would say just do the best you can. Right. Another thing, and uh, this kind of goes back to the weaknesses bit, and uh, Patrick Rothfuss with naming, is true names are very, very important to the Fae. If you hold the true name of a Fae, or if a Fae holds the true name of you, like, you will have power over one or the other. Like If you, ha- if you know an Arch or a Fae's true name, you will have power over them. They will have to do what you say, wow. and vice versa. And this is why you should never give your name to a fae creature while in the fae wild. So, um, if your
0: name is uh, Daniel, mm-hmm. and your mother gave you that name, or or what have right. you, uh, and you're in, uh, you're face to face with an arch archfey who's trying to strike a deal, and yes. you, and they, ask, hey, what's your name? And you say, my name is Daniel. Mm-hmm. You've just given a piece, uh, You've a given piece a piece of, power of your team. name,
2: but you haven't given them your whole true name yet, likely. Because likely your name is more than that. Your name is, you probably have a last name.
0: Ah, okay. And so my name is Daniel Stevensworth yeah. of and maybe that, winter. There whatever. we go.
2: Now we're starting to get into territory. If they start knowing that, like, and it really varies on like what, what true names mean to you as a dungeon master. But for me, just to simplify it, I would say if the archfey is going to know that you're, what was it? Daniel Stevenson of Morrowind? Yeah, is of winter Of Morrow Winter. Like, that <laughs> might be enough right there. Now they have your true name. Now they have power over you. As long as you're in the fan. Get me a peach. Yeah. There's other things... <laughs> There's other things where they might have power over you, such as if you eat at their table. If a fade creature offers you food, generally, that is fucking danger zone. They're trying to get power over you. If you've eaten from their table willingly, you now owe them something. Ooh. And they will come to call on you. And if you do not... Like, if you don't honor that... Bad things will happen. So, the Faye will find you. The Faye will find you, and like you better think twice before you eat this chicken. And something, something bad will happen because of all. Okay. Um. They. So yeah. They're deal makers. Uh. True names. Um. Promises are important. You don't break them yes so they a don't prom- break them. like a,
0: something like a, this is reminding me of like the heirloom
2: situation we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier
0: where like a promise will carry weight exactly and have real power exactly. in this place that's exactly okay. right
2: and okay so you're getting it another thing and uh, we are kind of said this is uh they are incredibly curious about humans they are fascinated with them
0: right because if you're walking into the fae as a player in a campaign it's probably very mystical magical very visually stimulating yep. and so uh the same as uh goes for um, the other side of it. So if the Fae yeah. wanders into the, the material realm, they're going to be like, holy shit, what's going on? Yeah.
2: yeah, absolutely. And okay, so... You're buying shit off in, a blanket, what? <laughs> in um, in uh, The Wise Sphere, which is the second book of King Kingkiller Chronicles, the main character ends up being in close proximity to the equivalent of what you would consider an archfey for a long period of time and she's an ancient being and very powerful and very fascinating and wonderful she's basically the equivalent of a sex goddess but to like, and he, I get really irritated with fans that like equate her to that because she's way more complex than that. Like, that's demeaning to her, as far as I'm concerned. Her name's Felurian. But um, one of the things fascinating about Falurian, who is an ancient creature of legend that every child knows of, like she's like, it's like like uh the Yeti. Everyone knows what the Yeti. Is. Okay, it's yeah. Like, so like, talk you, about the worldwide. lore of this world yeah. is the it, Felurian. Exactly. Felurian is her name, and and she's ancient and powerful and wondrous. Nice. And she, um over time you know they get to know each other or whatever and he would sing her songs and tell her stories and the ones that she was delighted by the most the ones that she found the most interesting or fascinating were the really mundane stories about how like uh, some farmer's daughter um, you know like did something super mundane in town that day or had trouble getting to the shop and like you know, just getting what she of the needed. Yeah. Stuff. Just just real boring like stuff. And she was delighted by it. It was so fascinating and fantastic to her. And it it's it's such an interesting read because like he's singing her this song about something so simple and like he's watching this this beautiful being of power and ancientness like delight at it. It's so crazy. Um,
0: story time usually makes me pretty sleepy. Can we take a rest before we get into more of that? Let's. I don't want to fall asleep. Yeah, me neither. All right, right. let's do it. (laughs) Selling a little or a lot. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash DungeonCast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash DungeonCast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash DungeonCast.
1: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Wine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to the part of the show where we stop talking about what we were just talking about and we start talking about something else, which is us and you. Let's start with you. Thanks a lot for listening to the show, we really appreciate it.
2: Yes, thank you very much. We really do appreciate it. So, yeah, been, been seeing, <laughs> been seeing
0: all the stuff just like every week, man. Uh, I'm really impressed with you guys. Thanks for being a part of this. It's, uh, it's a lot yeah. of fun, and I uh, can't appreciate it more. Um, I want to give a particular shout out to somebody that is a pretty big fan of the show. Uh, given us a lot of uh, a lot of attention a lot of positive feedback and uh, really has an impact his name is sandy del rosario he's a good friend of mine and he just started a youtube channel i wanted to give him a plug since he's always plugging us um I think that's the name of his channel, Sandy Del Rosario, and uh, he's got a couple videos up there. I don't know if you guys are into this. I was pretty into it. Uh, the first video is called "I Try Miracle Whip by the Spoonful," and it's pretty much what I just said. And the second one, <laughs> the second video is "I Drink Clam and Clamato Juice Mixed Together." And Sandy's <laughs> at a pretty.
2: You, at least you know what you're getting. Yeah, exactly what you're getting.
0: Um, I know a lot of people that are into that kind of stuff, and uh, <laughs> you, you... I, yes, I do. <laughs> okay. And I was into. Well, I, I, uh, 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 I, I guess. I I was being generous when I said a lot, but Uh, I know I do see views on videos like that. I know at least one person. (laughs) Okay. And his name is Jacob. Shout out to Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Um,
2: What else we got? Oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) back to, uh, Back to us, kind of. So, guys, we're still running that contest that I've been talking about for, like, the last, like, five or six episodes where we are giving away three ultra-detailed Hero Forge minis. And you got to do one simple thing if you want to enter. You simply tweet a link to our show, whether that be a playlist, a specific episode, a YouTube episode, a SoundCloud episode, whatever it may be. Uh, tweet out that link and hashtag You will be added to the list, and we are pulling three names from that list on July 4th. So you only got three weeks left or so, uh, but yeah, enter the contest, win a mini. That's spread uh, the
0: word. That's three Twitter users. Uh, yeah,
2: three different
0: prizes, which are really the same prize for three different people. Yeah, um,
2: true, but each customized to to their wishes. Yes, if you will.
0: Yeah, it's your it's your own mini, high definition, high quality, uh, hard cast plastic mini uh please don't uh please don't well i mean you could just tweet about the show that's super cool but if you want to get it on the contest make sure you put a link on there and make sure you hashtag dungeoncast it because <laughs> otherwise it's not a valid entry for the for the show we want to uh make sure that we're getting the entries people who want to be entered you got to do that yeah absolutely uh you can find us on soundcloud.com/dungeoncast you can find us on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts whether that be stitcher or what what have you um you can find us on youtube just search dungeon cast we'll come right up you can watch our faces also um yeah yeah, i think that i think that's it um oh yeah if you're if you're using itunes uh please give us some feedback give us a rating we want to we want to climb that itunes ladder
2: yes please do yeah
0: that would be a lot of help so uh yeah thanks a lot guys and i think we're just going to get back to the show let's get back to the show let's get back to the show I heard Tina Fey likes to play D anD D. Is that a thing? Does she?
2: I love Tina Fey. I hope that's true.
0: I could run a joke game. T- the, call it the Tina Fey Wild, and she's like the arch Fey there. That'd
2: be cool. I like that. What do we got next, Will? <laughs> Goddamn it, Brian. <laughs> okay, so um, so I want to I want to expand on uh, magic in the Fey and mm-hmm. uh, the ki- kinds of magic you'll you'll see uh, used, and also we're going to expand a little bit more on the concept of the fluff being real.
0: In, in the Fey, magic is inherently uh, like woven in, right? Yes,
2: it permeates the place. It, the Fae's and magic are inseparable. Okay. And in D&D terms, a lot of times the Fae uh, are going to be using two specific schools of magic a lot, and that's uh, illusion. A lot of illusion stuff. They're going to be fucking with your sensory. They're going to be tricking you and whatnot. And enchantment, which is, like, charming stuff. There's going to be a lot of that going around. And a lot of it is going to, especially if these are powerful Archfey, like, these aren't spells they're fucking casting. These are, it is it is natural to them. It just, it just happens. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Felurian. Because I'm going to be using her as an example, mostly because she is the... Closest thing to an archfey that I'm in, I'm very, very closely familiar with. And okay. also because I think she's awesome. All right. Um, Fair. So, Falurian and the stories about her, she is supposedly beautiful beyond all comprehension. Um, she is a creature of love and lust and beauty. And she um, drives men mad with her love. Ooh. She lures them. Into the forest with her voice and her singing and her beauty. Siren-like. And she loves them until they, their minds break. Nice. Or not nice, depending on how you're looking at it. <laughs> Super nice. And that's the legend. And some of it is true. I would say most of it is true. Not all of it is quite true. But here's the thing. We we find out in our reading that, like, though she can control this power to draw men or I imagine even some women in, um, it is not something that she turns on and off. It is... It exudes off of her like body heat. Okay, it simply is. It's inherently tied and woven within her. Right, it is. Okay, part of who she is, and it is of her nature. Um, have you? I'm sure you've seen the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I have. Um, you know um, the. Um, the the ocean queen the, the personification of the sea what's her name Calypso oh, yeah yes um, who is uh, Calypso is based off Greek mythology who is a water nymph and we all know nymphs are part of fae and she reminds me of the fae because there's a point in the movie where Davy Jones asks her why she never came on the day she David promised Davy Jones <laughs> exactly <laughs> nice nice impersonation um, and she says the words it because it is in my nature and that's very much how the fae are they do things because it is in their nature yeah like don't Tell me
0: I'm the fucking ocean. Yeah.
2: Fullerian does what she does because that's what she is. Not because she's malicious or evil. Because she's not. She simply is. Um, so, again, that's... A, a lot of times with the Archfey, that's the type of magic you're going to be seeing. But it also could just be traditional D&D spells. It really depends on the, the Dungeon Master and what you're trying to do here with the fey. Um So, as we were saying with the Fluff is real, mm-hmm. the... Uh, how do I put this? The, the Fluff is real and that which is material is fluid. So like there's a scene in, um, in a wise man's fear where Flurian is worried about both the main character leaving her and being unsafe. She wants to protect him. Okay. So what what does she do? She reaches out and grabs shadow with her bare hands and weaves with starlight as thread and, uh, sews for him up a magical cloak made of shadow and starlight. And she can do this because, well, number one, she's an archfey, but also because this is the fey It's fay bullshit. And things like that can happen. Yeah, uh, and it has to do with belief too, because she makes him. She like he's questioning everything she's doing. She's, he's like, how can you do that? This doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm blah, also blah, questioning. Blah, blah, it. Blah. <laughs> I'm a nerd, um, but he, um, but so, but she gets irritated with him, and rather than explain anything to him, she just like gives him some shadow as if it's cloth and she says hold this and without thinking he grabs it and he he's holding it and then he begins to think about it and realize it doesn't make sense and then it all slips out of his hands nice so again make-believe it. and it's all like interwoven mm. together and okay. it's all bizarre so how do you role play motherfuckers that come from this type of place it sounds hard it's very hard and i dare you to try because it's so hard um, but
0: it's also a lot of fun. But maybe and, if you just go into it like I'm just going to do some bullshit, it might come out right.
2: Yeah, I mean <laughs> that that yeah, you could do that. Um, well, this what, sounds
0: like bullshit. I'll do that. Yeah. Then, <laughs> and
2: honestly, yeah, going with your instincts might just be the way to go. Um, I do have some basic guidelines to role playing a fae, and I wish I could say that I made these up on my own, but I did not. I also wish that I could credit the Reddit user who I got these from years ago but unfortunately they deleted their account I have no idea who they are but they did an amazing write up like 3 or 4 years ago on the Fae and it changed my entire look on the Fae and I'm going to talk quite a bit about um this approach to role playing Cheers to you Reddit user. Yeah, I got I wish I, I wish I knew the name of this person cuz I would like shout them out like crazy right now um so we have to remember that the fae are completely alien meaning that they are difficult to understand but most importantly they don't fall on the alignment chart at least not as far as i'm concerned like lawfulness chaos doesn't matter good evil doesn't exist to them they don't care right
0: so you uh you mentioned in our fae wild episode that if we have uh white
2: and black they would have blue and blue orange, and orange. Yeah. yes blue and orange morality it's um you, you can look it up on tv tropes uh wiki or whatever whatever that place is um it's a cool website that goes into all types of story tropes and it's a, it's a trope that you'll see throughout science fiction and fantasy. Yeah,
0: cuz the fae is like very, I mean, this is a fantasy genre podcast yep. doing covering a fantasy genre game and mm-hmm. and the fae is a fantasy genre it can be tropey, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I mean, I say tropes, but like this is just like this is just a thing that has been done and can be done. It's I wouldn't right. say it's a, a downright cliche or anything.
0: Yeah, because the Fae, uh, I mean, it's pretty unique to me as far as pop culture goes. There mm-hmm. are um, influences from that, but not yeah. nothing like this. This yeah. is very D&D to me.
2: Yeah, and we can actually thank, uh, I would say you, we can thank Neil Gaiman probably for this resurgence of like old school Fae. Because he had been doing writings that really, really drew from Celtic mythology. Okay. And uh, he's, he's a really prolific like uh, comic book writer and graphic novel writer and just writer, period. Neil Gaiman's a legend. Um, so he kind of restarted this whole using of the Fae in modern fantasy, and now we're starting to see it everywhere. But, nice. but Okay, so back to this, this concept of role-playing them. This person on Reddit, and I happen to agree with them completely, kind of broke down the Fae into, like, some basic behaviors that most Fae, if not all Fae, kind of have to varying degrees. Um, number one is they generally have a fierce guardianship of nature in general. Okay. Whether that just be their little Homeland Grove or all of nature.
0: Yeah, that's that sounds super right because they're, they're – the fae is their home. It's very natural nature. They're like, of nature. the things they do are natural to them.
2: That, that's a good point. Cause yeah, that's exactly how they look at it. Um, and, and yes, uh, they are of nature. Nature is important to them, if not even wholly to them in, in a lot of ways. Another thing that all fae seem to have is this bizarre, but very, very potent sense of fairness and equalness. Okay. That it, both parties do not have to agree on this. Um, and the example that I think I'm going to give here is uh, ch- uh, Changelings and the taking of the firstborn child. And a lot of old, famous, oh. they, fay would uh, swap a newborn human baby with a Fae baby.
0: Every time we talk about something like this, I yeah. think of
2: the hag. You know, and I think that, well, the hag, because the hag is known for doing that. And I think of that, too. And I always think of the movie The Witch. Uh, oh, okay. that movie is fucking brutal. Because um, that baby gets taken within the first, like... Thirty seconds of the movie, and ugh, it's, they eat them. Yeah, eat, yeah, yeah. Well, they don't eat it. Like it's. Not, I don't know. I don't want to talk about the movie. In this, well, hags eat the baby, right? We'll, we'll talk about the movie in, in a hags episode. Okay. We're, yeah. Yes. Okay. We, we'll not, do a hags we'll episode. We'll have a hags and I, I want to talk about the witch. Cool. Because uh, hags and witches are they're they're, they're kind of one and the same. They go hand in hand. So, anyways, the, so to the fae, even though to the human, obviously that's not fair or equal or anything. That's my child. Yeah, you just took my like, baby. To the fae is like, yes, I, I know it's your child, but I gave you a baby. We're all good. We're square, like because that's their bizarre but very strong sense of fairness and equalness that does not have to be agreed on both parties. <laughs> baby for a baby, what's the baby, problem? Exactly, that's a that's equivalent exchange as far as they're concerned. Okay, um, they have varying love of spontaneity. Um, Sounds like they it. don't like to be boring a lot of the time. I mean, this isn't this isn't for all fae, but this is uh, very common amongst fae. and it's from these behaviors that. Um, they this person came up with a different alignment chart like a completely it's not law and chaos it's not good and evil and uh it's spontaneous versus methodical and that which is natural versus that which is uh of the constructed like logic N- no more of um a... so let's talk about wood elves and a ladrin after i take this drink of water that looks like good water it is good water this is my <laughs> third bottle um so Wood Elves and Eladrin, they they both have ancestry and they come from the same bloodline, but they split off at some point. Wood Elves like to live amongst nature. Okay. They love nature. They worship nature. Na- they're all about nature. The Eladrin love nature too. But they view nature as, like, a mastery of nature. Like, they are an apex predator, and, like, they're the top of the food chain. and like they I own sh- this shit. They own this shit, and they shape nature as they will with their magic. Nice. While to a wood elf, like, it's like, no, you shouldn't do that. You should just let it be. Yeah, we're part of this. So that's kind of what I mean. It's like, those are kind of the, the fae kind of come in those two categories. And obviously it's a sliding scale, and again, it's an alignment chart. So that which is uh, spontaneous, they tend to value... What is most dramatic in the moment? Because the future is an illusion and planning is pure arrogance. Like you can't plan the future. You don't know what the future is. Um, so spontaneous Fay. look at life kind of like that. And so they rather do what's the most interesting at the time. Right. So okay. they're, they're living or, in the present. Yeah. Living in the present and doing what is most interesting. Like maybe they've had this thousand year alliance with some other being, but it's more interesting to portray that now. So they're going to do it. It's not a matter of if it's good or evil. It's just what they do. I'm bored trying to fuck yeah. shit up. All right, um, cool. On the other side of that, but, but uh,
0: on that topic, yeah. you, they wouldn't do things like cut down trees.
2: Probably not. No, because yeah, that's that would heinous, be that's a sin. Yeah, yeah. So they will. wouldn't go so far. Right. Uh, but there are other things that they would that fall beneath that threshold. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. On the on the other side of that, on the methodical side of things. Uh, they see spontaneity as foolish and dangerous, and that the long game is the only game that matters. And we're talking like thousand year plans. Okay, it's like they don't care about the today or to the tomorrow. They're they're in it for the long con, and there's a lot of fay, a lot of fay patrons are going to be like that because these are long lived arch fay, and they're playing a long game. They don't have okay. to be, but a lot of times you'll see that they are. Um, and again, like I'm talking about this for DMs to role play. Um, Mostly Arch archfey, but any kind of fey. But if you got a fey warlock, I would say refer to this, these, these uh, tips, if you will, um, to help come up with a with a um, with actual character that's going to be their patron. Because uh, fey patrons, remember, the fey are, are fascinated with the mundane, so they're going to be a lot more involved with their. Warlock than maybe the fiend or the great old ones. Right, they're yeah. gonna, more hands on. They're going to be more hands on. They're going to talk. They're going to they're going to have a lot to say. Um, so. When
0: you have uh, that relationship with your patron, yeah. uh, and you so let's say there's a physical embodiment, and you meet that per, that the arch fair or your patron mm-hmm. and then you leave to go adventure. Mm-hmm. Are they like in your head? Is that like a thing? There's going
2: to be some sort of magical bond and Got whether it. that's like instant telepathy or if there has to be a ritual or something, that's really up to, but the there's some the line end. of communication yes, between the warlock and, and their patron. Yeah, there has to be, Okay, there has to be like, like the warlock owes that patron service. Right. Like there needs to be some sort of uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Way to boss uh, them around, kind of yeah. Way to boss <clears> them around. There has to be some sort of uh, ah, the word escapes me. Um Accountability, I guess. Okay, well. and and so yeah, that 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 method. Way to keep track, to be there. like exactly. Yo,
0: drop drop a pin where you went. Exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I saw this hilarious post on uh, Twitter, and I retweeted it, and it was like it was a warlock that had a fiend pack with Demogorgon, who's like a demon prince, like basically on the level of a god, but pure fucking evil. Cool. And the warlock w- wrote like uh on a piece of paper like, yo, Demogorgon, like, how do I, give me the power to slay these heathen scum that are, like, dragging your name through the mud or blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. You know, you're, your are number one guy, so-and-so. And then on the DM wrote a, a note back and it just said, new number, who dis? And it was <laughs> the funniest fucking shit. I, I really like that. But, yeah, there's going to be some sort of uh, communication between a warlock. Was and it like
0: in red pen on a white paper? Yeah, it, like, I retweeted oh. a long time ago.
2: Yeah, it was really funny. Um. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so let's talk about the natural versus constructed. Mm-hmm. The fae that view things on the natural side are going to say we are part of nature. We must accept our place in the food chain for that is what is good and right. We must live within its boundaries.
0: Yeah, let, let it do its thing
2: exactly. around Which, us. Wood elves. I'll say wood elves. Say. <clears throat> right. um, and while constructed, we're going to talk about Eladrin. And they see themselves as above nature and as an apex predator. Like, I command this I I, yeah. I decide the ebb and flow They're of nature And they love nature But they are in command of nature Right so, Okay So yeah And I would I would approach your role playing uh, on, on these spectrums I think it's going to make Role playing your fae A lot easier So it, are
0: you saying It's one or the other Or are you saying They both exist
2: Um, uh, It's very much like Good and evil Okay I see They're going to be somewhere Between there They Got can it. be neutral On these things So Excuse me
0: so does a druid? Because we just did an episode on druids a couple weeks ago. Is a druid yeah. uh, some somebody that wants to be in the Fey? Maybe. It's like I can see like an elf druid, yeah. like for sure, Absolutely. or like gnome, or yeah, there
2: are. I believe there's even like uh Unearth Arcana where it's like a circle of the Fey or whatever. Like there are Fey druids. Yeah, it's a thing. Okay, um, it's not really well represented in the Player's Handbook. But um it'll be coming out probably at some point. And you as
0: the DM are responsible for yeah. fleshing that kind of as, stuff out, right? As a
2: matter of fact, yeah, yeah, you are. But as a matter of fact, uh the druid later on in its levels gets the ability to summon creatures. Um and it can summon things from either the beast category or the fey category. Nice. So there it is. Like cool. yeah, the druids do tend to have some sort of tie with the Fey. How could they not? The Fae is like yeah. nature and magic just fucking slap together. So nice. there it is. Um so, you got any more questions about, like, role-playing Fae or Arch Fae? Um, Let's talk a little bit about Arch Fae, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, are the Arch Fae more of a ruler? Like, it, so, I guess it depends on, like, your ladrin versus the, Wood Elf mentality.
2: Yeah, I would say so. Um, so, the Arch Fae are a real anomaly in this game. They're not as fleshed out or pinned down as, like, the Archdukes of Beator or the demon princes of the abyss or any of the gods or deities but they're kind of at the same level of playing field of power maybe slightly under maybe at the same it really depends like the queen of the fairies is usually at the same power of a god because fairies don't fuck around they are powerful (laughs) but um it really just varies and you kind of have to make up a lot of your own you can draw a lot of uh, inspiration from like old celtic celtic gods and a lot of stuff you will see is drawn from them like Uh, Titania or Queen Mav or uh, the Queen of Iron Darkness and some of these are different characters some of these are interchangeable names for the same character it really just depends on what you're reading or what you're doing but um, the Archfey are really just what were they originally? no one knows at some point they became something more and they're incredibly unique creatures whenever there's an Archfey they're very specific much like a god there is no other one of them they're not part of a race or a species they're just a powerful entity that came about at some point in time and are strongly tied to the Fae. Got it. Okay. basically what it is. You're going to have to make up most of your own or draw them from other book sources. Um, okay. Because the, the, your D&D books in almost any edition are going to provide you with very little.
0: For my game in particular that yeah. I like to run is, uh, is when it's more at my command like i get to flesh those things out i really like that because yeah i don't I get do too. Yeah. i don't get caught up in the like what does the book say right right i just get to do it and that's cool like it gets to be whatever i want it to be which yeah. is nice but i mean i like i i don't want to i am playing D and i want to kind of play D and like, yeah, you know. but at the
2: same time, remember, Dungeons & Dragons is just taking from every mythology on Earth and slapping it together. <laughs> yeah. So there it is, pretty much. Like, okay, so there's not a lot, but there is some things. Like, uh, in 4th edition, they introduced the March Fay. There's the the Winter Prince or the Pale Prince. There's not a lot written about him. He's just a, a really powerful Winter Fae who used to be an elf at some point. Now he's this really powerful, fucked up dude who's really cruel. And he loves winter. Nice. And that's that but it's like, Jack Frost. Yeah, he's Jack Frost basically. <laughs> and there's also uh, like the Seelie and the Unseelie courts um, which are, you know, that goes all the way back to Celtic mythology. And yes, the Seelie are the more playful, happy. Um, they're mischievous but they're generally good-hearted, although I wouldn't say they're good. Yeah,
0: let's um, talk about what it means like the relationship Seelie Unseelie is that like heads and
2: tails? Um so it's said that Sealy and Unseelie are different sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. but it's also said that they're the same side of two different coins. I don't understand what that means exactly. <laughs> okay. I just know that that's been said, so I wanted to say it. Interesting. So, you know, so You don't okay. have to understand it's the Fae. Yeah, I know, right. It's a bunch of so, bullshit. the Seelie court is usually a pure-blooded noble Fae. Who hold themselves they're really on the constructed side of things they are they see themselves as apex predators a part of nature but in command of it right they're, they're very methodical they're playing the long game and like it, it is a very um uh political dramatic world for them like they're always making maneuvers against each other much like game of thrones oh i will. see yeah. okay territorial um, yeah. and they're generally possessive. good but they're also xenophobic racists that if you don't have the purest of fable blood that can be traced back 5,000 years you don't belong there and you need to get the fuck out for sure and like they will bring those who aren't into their court but they're viewed as pets to be displayed oh shit yeah. you see what I mean by these beings are not good yeah but they're also not evil this is just what they do they generally don't they generally dislike evil and will slay evil and they don't fuck around with evil they like beautiful things like celestials and like other beautiful fay and like the most beautiful uh, art and the most beautiful songs and all stuff like that. Um, well on the flip side of things, uh, if you have even like the slightest drop of Fae blood in you, the unseelie court will have you. If you're like powerful and worth something, they don't give a shit. Okay. There you're going to find grotesque things and, uh, that which is, uh, perverse and twisted. And, uh, even though like they are not like they don't align themselves with evil. Everything they do is pretty fucking evil. So they are, uh, to put it simply evil. Okay. Um they're ruled by the queen of air darkness who is very beautiful but incredibly cruel and they do a lot of like blood oaths and evil shit and like they're they're crazy I don't know too much more about the Sealy versus Unsealy. those are your basic premises for the for the courts if you have a question I might be able to answer it um I don't really like the Sealy and Unsealy courts and I know that might be blasphemous to people that do love it I, it's it's a great framework if that's what you like I just it doesn't speak to me so I don't use it
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah I I've, I have thought of the fey more as like when you walk into the woods, it's mm-hmm. just whatever the fuck is going on in there is going on in there. Yeah. I don't, I don't really think of it as like there's this sect over here that believes these things and and does things this way and then there's the opposite side over here that's doing right. it a different way. Yeah. Um I mean that that calls to more much more structure than I believe my fey My my, like what I what I interpret as the fae would be
2: yeah and I I agree with that but again like everyone's fae is going to be their own and you know what this this stuff is here if you want it or need it
0: yeah excellent so um yeah it's it's super crazy um like just uh for DMs out there I think your best weapon uh when you're talking about the Fey is the visual experience. Um, oh yeah, really hitting them with uh, what what visually everything looks like because it's supposed to be very stimulating and crazy. Like yeah. to a player wandering into the Fey, there's a lot of mayhem and uh just colors and yeah, and, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's yeah, wild. I can't even. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, I've got to do a lot of prep because I'm going to be doing some Fey stuff soon. Spoilers, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> so. Uh, that's this is good timing for me and well, hopefully uh, this yeah. episode
2: has been helpful for you and I hope for listeners that this you've gleaned something from this I know it's it's a lot of information and a lot of it's incoherent but hopefully this helped you so uh, any more questions Brian or should we call it a game Let's call it a game All right We'll see you guys next time Thanks Bye.